This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, I'm Grongy McGuire, and this is Chantelle Viduch and Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the, the way, way they were. Bonjour Chantal. <laughs> Hi Grania. You didn't give me a chance to give a different language. How are you? <laughs> I'm really, really good. I'm so excited because this episode is dropping, <gasps> as the kids say. It's dropping on Friday. Now this is tricky as an Irish person to pronounce. It is dropping on Friday the Thir- 13th. You got there. Friday the 13th. Dun, 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 My dun. instinct is 13th. 13th. Oh, say it like that. Let's try and make that the vibe. I like that. Friday the 13th. There's only one other happening this year. So you only have one more chance to get this out. So try and do it all today. <laughs> My funny Friday the 13th. Uh, it is weird. You're right. It is. <laughs> <laughs> It's only very bad she's of Inish Aaron. Friday the 13th. <laughs> I'm not going for a drink with you. I don't have friends with you. It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> my Friday the 13th story is that um, my uncle was born on Friday, 1-3, and the nurses in the hospital refused to put that down on his birth certificate. You are having a laugh. You're kidding me. Re- Abused. Can I ask what year this was or approximate decade? Uh, it's like, like I would say like 50s, 60s Ireland. They would not put Friday the 13th. You are, can I, was he born, was he even born at like midnight so that he kind of fudge it? Or was he born like, you know, lunchtime? So there was just no way around this. So what did they do? What is his fake birthday? If they skipped it forward to the Monday. They said, oh, we're putting it down for the Monday. They skipped it two days forward? <laughs> yes. They would say it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right. You can't put Friday the 13th down on a child's birth certificate. I didn't, if I'm being honest, this is, I didn't even know they put the day. I thought they just put the date. I thought it would just say the 13th of September or whatever it was. I didn't know they put the actual weekday. Who cares? <laughs> That's so crackers. But I often think about this, that when it comes to the whole days of the week, we're all just presuming that it's right. Like, we don't really know that today's Friday. We're just presuming that over thousands of years, no one, someone's always been keeping track and it's always correct. So he might, that could be wrong anyways. You know what I mean? Who knows what day this is? Right. This is a bit of a ramble, but like the minute like the clocks go forward, the clocks go back, it freaks me out because I'm like, which is the right time? Yeah. Are we now at the right time? Are we now what's, behind yeah, the right what's time? What's real time? What really? Do, and then you have to go to Greenwich and look in there. You have to go to Greenwich. So every every solstice, I go to Greenwich and just check to see where we are. They always know. I recommend that. So that's literally why I moved to London. So I can always check the time. Well, I'll tell you someone else who is never late and always on time in your ears, if you listen to enough podcasts, is our guest this week, which oh. I've been given the honor of, of introducing 
who I think this is again, I know last week we were starstruck by the guest, by Joe, but I think we are once again, this was a mega starstruck moment for both of us. Um, if you are a listener of good podcasts, such as All Right Mary, the amazing podcast, sort of based on RuPaul's Drag Race, but now just kind of about general gay culture. He's a host, one of the co-hosts of that. He also hosts Best Supporting Podcast, an amazing podcast about the small female roles in movies and TVs and life itself. He also has another solo podcast called In the Detail, celebrating the nuances of, again, female performances. He loves ladies. He loves gals. He loves the gays because he is one. He's one of our favorite podcasters. You'll hear the story of how me and Grania bonded over over our love for this man. So please welcome the one, the only, Colin Drucker. The, the way, way they were. Hi, Colin. Hi. Hi, Colin. <laughs> Hi there. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm even a little nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, God. You're speaking to us. We are the nervous ones. Thank you so much oh. for being on our podcast. It is an honor. I was like so excited about this, and, like, and it was, and it's that weird thing of like having been on the host side. It's like, oh, I'm, I, I don't think I've, I've never really been a guest. Like, it's so really? lovely. Yeah. Oh, I think we're popping on, as cherry. I think so. Maybe, maybe there's been a couple. I'm not remembering, but usually it's just like friends you kind of collaborate with, and mm -hmm. so it's like you don't really feel like a guest. You feel like you're hanging out at a friend's house. You sure. Know? So. Yeah. So this well, is like, you just this is international. You just yeah. you'll feel like that by the end of this, I promise. <laughs> oh yeah. I already took my shoes off. Just preemptively. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> so Colin, you are obviously from incredible iconic podcast, All Right Marys. And what's very special for us is that when we started this podcast, me and Chantel went for this little walk along the canal. We had two coffees mm -hmm. and we were bonding and we were talking about our favorite podcasts and we both said all right, Mary. Oh. And you know how rare it is that the podcast you're, I was just saying, podcasts are so like nebulous. It's so rare to find someone who knows a podcast. I'm like, oh, it's this podcast. You've probably not heard of it. I mean, you're not as cool as me. It's these cool, two little gay guys, and they're so rad. And they talk about gay culture and RuPaul. And she's like, all right, Mary. It's like, yes, yes, cool. That's why. <laughs> and oh, God, it was so exciting. It was so, it was literally like, now we have to do the podcast together. It was a big moment. Oh, I, I'm I'm so happy that there was that commonality, and and of course it's like shocking to me that like anyone other than like my mom is hitting replay over and over. So, oh, like, you and you Colin, know? Colin and Johnny are known. Don't worry about it. Yeah. They're known on these shores. <laughs> oh, good, good. That oh, that, that's like it. I can't even say it feels good because it doesn't sum it up. It feels amazing oh. to know that there's like people I've never met in time zones I've never been in who are listening. Oh, hundred percent. You're impacting the culture. And also your other, t you are, and also your other two podcasts couldn't be without them in the details, of course, and best yes. supporting podcasts. Also, everyone should be listening to all three of these podcasts after you subscribe to ours. Absolutely. Please subscribe to yours first. <laughs> Let that then be the bridge to mine. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's the kind of thing you think you'll run out of things to talk about, but then you don't. It's just, uh, you know, I found a solution to potentially a problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, well, so Colin, we're a very romantic podcast because it is about, even though it's failed love, we do still have hope that love exists. Do you consider yourself a romantic person? You know, I think that I am like a, like a snow globe romantic where I feel like there's certain scenarios or there's certain experiences or like like Christmas, for example. You know, like mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people get really like they want to cozy up around this time of year and like... 
I feel like I've always had that, like, oh, Christmas morning and the, and the, and the cuddling on the couch and the presents yeah. and all of the, all of the things that come with like a car commercial around the holidays. And so I, I'm romantic for that, but then I, I feel like I'm maybe, I don't know if I'm long-term romantic, you know, like I feel like real romance is like, you know, and then you got a stomach flu and I took care of you. Like, I don't know if I yearn for that, but maybe no one does. (laughs) It sounds like maybe you're romantic in the purest sense of the word, the original sense of the word, like, you know, the romantics, the romantic era, that sense of seeing the romance in a beautiful building or a beautiful Mm -hmm. Christmas morning, all of that. When it gets down to the nitty gritty of having to be with another human, you're like, oh, not so much. Is it that kind of vibe? Yeah, I just, I think that like I I function so well on my own and not like as a hermit. Like there's other people in my life, but in terms of like I love living alone, for example. Like I think part of being in a relationship and romance is like having a home together and and I know that people navigate like oh, I just need some space or whatever, mm-hmm. but like I don't even want to have to or I guess I should rephrase this. I have not met anybody yet who's made me want to navigate and compromise on that sort of issue, like having space or, you know, sharing space, mm-hmm. you know? So you want the Woody and Mia Farrow dream, minus the after. <laughs> yes, yes. More of just the beautiful apartment on the Upper West Side, less yeah. of the Sun Yi. Yeah. 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 <laughs> friends, friends with Diane Keaton. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's the part. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. That is exactly what I want. <laughs> well, so uh, you, you picked a really, truly iconic couple. Okay, okay. Iconic couple, legendary split. But as always, Chantelle, as yet, doesn't yet know what couple we're going to be doing a deep dive on. But I'd like to provide her with a few clues. So, Colin's couple, I can reveal, got together in the glamorous year of 1994. Okay. Oh, were we ever so young. Just to (laughs) set the scene the year Nelson Mandela was sworn in as president of South Africa. Nancy Kerrigan had a major accident in the workplace and a little show called Friends debuted. But that's not all that happened because this couple, when they met, they were in seventh heaven. But it turns out they could share a haircut but not is a it future. Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's got to be. The minute he said seven, I was like, it's, Brenna, it's definitely Gwyneth and Brad Pitt. It's definitely Gwyneth and Brad Pitt. <laughs> Good choice, Colin. Yeah. We've had Brad on, but we've yet to, we had. I think this is Gwyneth's first appearance. It's her debut. On the pod. It's her debut. Brad's a bit of an alum. He did the way they were alum, but uh, but mm-hmm. we haven't done the Gwyneth years. This is exciting. Oh, Ooh, I'm happy to bring cover. them here. Yeah, <laughs> great. A little lady called Gwyneth Paltrow makes her debut in the The Way They Were universe. That's right. I love it. I'm so proud. Colin, what was it about this couple that when you were asked to be on the podcast, you were like, "This, this is the pair that I need to talk about? You know, it was like I, at first when I was like, I was, I blanked for like two minutes of like, do I, are there any couples you know, like I know Shelly Winters had a bunch of boyfriends. I'm sure there's one of them I could talk about, but it was like, no, like, are there really any couples that like hit a nerve for me? And for some reason, once that two minutes had passed, this was the first couple that popped into my head. And I was really? like, yeah. And I thought, oh, though, and I just thought, oh, blah, blonde, blonde, straight people from 1996, <laughs> not realizing that that's exactly what I want to talk about is like blonde, identical couples from 1996. You know, at first I thought, mm. oh, it's. Is there any is there any meat on those bones? But like 
I think, A, yes, there's, I think there's a lot that, that is, you know, to talk about between the, the two of them and their unfortunately short uh, love affair. But I also feel like it's the time period that that represents, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think that relationship kind of dovetails with like my own kind of awakening as like a little gay boy in the 90s like Mm -hmm. watching e news while my mom was at work and i was home from school you know and like seeing updates about brad and gwen and i think that in some ways this couple before i was even aware of all of the other kind of like details about them they kind of represented this like pop cultural awakening in my own life they were kind of a the okay. example you know of like the celebrity relationship you i know? see okay they're a formative they were a formative celeb couple for you absolutely At, little I, yeah, gwenny and, and brad who knew yeah yeah right and i just feel like there's there's just something that mm. seems so generic about it all but i then the more i dug into it i was like no i'm kind of fascinated by this relationship oh i like it and i think there's something magic about them because they were i think like the last big celebrity romance before social media before internet before yeah they there's still sort of an element of mystery of glamour Mm -hmm. there's something sophisticated aspirational whereas with you know, it was later relationships, you kind of felt like you knew too much. Yeah, with him and her, it was very much, they just had the matching haircuts on the red carpet and stuff. There wasn't as much, there was quite, I mean, that was peak pap time, but it wasn't like the really peak pap time in the late 90s, early 2000s, and it was all like Britney and Brangelina and that vibe. This was just before that when paps were kind of, it felt a bit classier. It felt more like People Magazine and Us and less like Mm -hmm. Star Magazine and all the blogs. And because it was Gwyneth Paltrow, because she walks around looking like basically Jacqueline Bissett all the time, you can't help but find her... This picture of elegance. She really brought Brad up. But I'm sure, Grania, you'll get into it. Okay, so well, so don't before, jump ahead. before we go any further, there are people right now screaming and throwing their phones at windows in frustration saying, when the hell are you going to talk about their star signs? Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> We've got it covered. So Gwyneth, or Gwynny, maybe as we call her, she was born in September 27th. She's a Libra. Okay. Brad, of course, as as listeners will know by now, is a Sagittarius king. So, Colin, what do you think, according to their star signs, is the percentage chance of this relationship working, a Libra and a Sagittarius? And these are two signs, like, if you said, like, if you brought up a Leo or a Scorpio or a Capricorn, I could give you a percentage down to the decimal. (laughs) These two are such nebulous signs. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean... I don't. I wouldn't even know. I mean, I guess I could say based on Brad and and Gwen, it's not a very successful compatibility. But like, <laughs> maybe they defied the odds. I don't know. I, I'm going to say twenty seven percent. That's it. You just got to guess because it is <laughs> yeah. Colin. It doesn't mean anything at all. It's all bullshit anyway. Don't worry. Yeah, no, really. Don't fuck with this. Neither me nor Gwen. You don't oh, believe in this. What? Oh my is god! This when you take Leo? my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. Um, I think I don't think we've had this pairing before. We've had Brad with so many women. We've had him with Angela. I've forgotten how he does, how Sagittarius do with this. I'm just going to guess as well. I'm just going to go willy nilly. I'm just going to throw. I'm just going to say 68. percent Let's have some fun. Okay. Mm. Well, so this, according to the stars above, this is their percentage chance. So they say it's wonderful to watch how soft Libra Gwyneth gets as Sagittarius. 
Brad Pitt, childish nature melts their heart. Even if this isn't something with a promising future, for no one can run from their true nature, it will bring them both joy and happiness, at least for a little while. 85%. Whoa! Whoa! I can't remember what he... I think that's the highest he's had with all of it. We've done, what, Angelina and... Um, Jen. Have we done? And Jen. I think this is the highest one. Let's find out what happened. So let's have a look at their relationship CVs before they got together. Mm-hmm. So... Gwyneth, of course, was raised in L.A. and then moved to New York. She comes from showbiz royalty. Obviously, her dad, Bruce, is a producer, was a producer, and the iconic Blythe Danner, her mother. Godfather, Steven Spielberg. And she grew up in a very sort of rarefied, gossip girl, privileged private school, Millie. People she, she dated, Donovan's, that, that singer Donovan, she dated mm-hmm. his son, and I didn't know this, Robert Sean Leonard. Yeah. A oh, Dead Poets yes. Society. That's a lot of boys that look like Ethan Hawke in that film. Yeah, a lot of cheekbones and it's floppy a lot of, hair. It's a lot of young cheekbones and crooked teeth <laughs> yeah. and nearly crying. Yeah, it's a lot of that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh. um, she she did go to university, but and this, I, when I tell you, as a teenager, when I read this story, it went into my bones. So she went to university and then she was in a play and her dad went along to see her in this play. And then afterwards, he came up to her backstage and said, Gwyneth, I approve you dropping out of university to follow your dreams. Oh, God. And I'll bankroll it. That was the key sentence left out from that story. I'll pay for everything. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, my Hollywood career will will be a nice safety net to all of this. P.S. Let me call your godfather Spielberg and see if he can help. Right. (laughs) So she was a struggling actress, is what you're saying. She was a struggling actress, a struggling actress. Whereas, of course, Brad grew up in Missouri. He's very much like middle America, came from sort of a blue collar background, moved to L.A., followed his dreams, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) We've we've done Brad. Everyone knows the Brad story. So this is a little fact I didn't know. and I just think it's so funny. Apparently, Brad Pitt has facial blindness. What? Doesn't Bruce Willis have that now? Is that like the thing that former sexiest men alive are getting? I don't know. Like, I'm hoping that's not a trend. I think Bruce's one is a bit more. I think Bruce is a bit more serious than facial blindness. Yeah, I I mean, I I haven't kept up with Bruce in a while, but I I think someone needs to check on Denzel. Someone needs to check on, you know, uh, Dermot Mulroney, maybe. Yeah, the Hollywood Chris's are they okay? Oh yes, there is. Two out of four Chris's suffer from facial blindness. Facial blindness. <laughs> Grania, for our listeners at home, you may not have heard of it. Can you tell them what facial blindness is? Well, so it's, you could not recognize somebody that you know. But I think it's so funny. He could be like in a restaurant and chatting to somebody. And then she could say, oh, by the way, I'm Angelina Jolie. <laughs> he would just not know. Yeah. Oh, wow, great. Okay. And then, yeah, it is, it'd be pretty easy to be his stalker because you could just say you're the cleaner. And he'd be like, all right, like, come on in. It'd be so simple. So some previous people that he has dated, and Colin, we we want your take on something because one of them is controversial. I don't think he'll even, I don't think Colin even knows well, so you Well, so you'll need to explain. So other people that Brad dated before he met Gwyneth was Juliette Lewis, obviously. Iconically. Christina Applegate, mm-hmm. who oh. apparently 
she took him to the MTV Music Awards because at the time she was like more well known than he was. And apparently she dumped him halfway through. So cool. She's so cool, Christina. Yeah, she could do no wrong. She could do whatever she wants. Totally she agree. Dump me at the MTV Music Awards. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I died yeah. out on that story for years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dumped by Applegate. Okay. <laughs> That's my biography title sorted. Right, right. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know who this person is, but she claims she went out with Brad Pitt. She but did not. Chantelle is a truther. She doesn't believe it's I true. Don't believe for a second. That is pop singer Sunita. Do you know who Sunita is? Sunita. She did not make it onto the American shores, which no one believes no. me. But I'm glad I have someone to back me up that she did not do well there. I and I knew. I mean, and there was a lot of weird shit that I listened to. But yeah, Sunita, you know a lot of stuff. Yeah, listen, you know, like I'm not afraid of a little <laughs> Lorena McKinnon. I don't know. I'm pulling one out of my ass here, but I do not know about Sunita. <laughs> Well, Sunita is now most well-known for being, like, BFFs with Simon Cowell, who I'm sure you do know, obviously. Oh, sure, yeah. And Simon Cowell often has her as a guest judge on, like, UK X Factor, UK Britain's Got Talent, all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. everyone's like, what the hell? Why is... Because even in England, it's like, Sunita was famous in the 80s. What are we doing here? Why? She had, like, one or two songs. Why are we doing this? There's one picture, one picture, Colin, of her and Brad Pitt, like, at a party in the 80s. And she has parlayed that into a career of claiming that this was like a year how long did she claim it is now a year-long relationship it's like her my week with marilyn but it's (laughs) my year with brad pitt it is yeah this is her applegate yeah this is her applegate i will not have it but still she claims it so we have to mention it (laughs) when we mention brad pitt we have to mention sunita yeah. You look into it after this and you'll see it. You'll, you'll find out all about Sydney. You'll probably love her as well. Oh, I, I've got a rabbit hole planned for this afternoon. No, I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, if I take nothing away from this conversation, it's Sunita. It's, that's all you need. As, as a gay guy in America, you could really spread it there as well. Yeah, really. <laughs> you I be really do feel like. Yeah, I was going to say, I really am the, the, the carrier on these shores. Yeah. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, podcast listener, do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. So this these crazy lovebirds, Brad and Gwyneth, they met on the set of Seven. So Brad you know, was very famous. He'd done Thelma and Louise. And this was his sort of leading man. I can also act, period. So when they met, he said of, of meeting Gwyneth for the first time, I knew immediately, I'll tell you that much, I got within 10 feet of her and I got goofy. I couldn't talk. Oh, God. 
Oh, brother. Yeah. Is that not just because, is that just his Midwestness coming through with not, not much good vocabulary? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's just He's... the Ozark showing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Colin, talk to us of like, so he's the lead in this film. He is famous. He is Brad Pitt. And this is what I love, the power dynamic. She's not famous. She is nobody at this stage. She's just like, she's done a few bits and pieces, but she's certainly not, you know, the the Gwyneth Paltrow that we all, you know, enjoy. But yet he was, he was the one very much chasing her. What do you think that says about their early dynamics of the relationship? Well, you know, when I was kind of like looking back and I'm sure you saw a lot, some of the same pictures and, and articles and whatnot. And, you know, with their age, A, their age difference, you know, her being like 22 and he's like 29, which I know is not technically that much of a gap, but I feel like, when I see some of the pictures, she looks so young. Mm. And, like, it's not that 22 is barely legal or anything, but in general, when somebody <laughs> pursues someone who's younger than them, I always kind of, I do, I take, is, is that a bad judgment that I take a bit of pause when somebody, no, like. No, definitely. And that's not, you know? that would, it'd be different if it was 42 and 49, but we all know 22 and 29 is actually a big, it is a big gap. Yes, thank you. It's That's big, what I was you're, feeling. You're at different, different points in your life. 29, you might be thinking about marriage and maybe even kids if you're headed that way. 22, you still want to go out and get drunk and bang everyone still. You're still in that mate. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel like 22, it is. You, you age like a dog in your 20s because you go yeah. through so much every year. And like, I also feel like, and I don't know if either of you have heard of this. I We, we talked a bit about astrology, but I've, I'm a big believer in this thing that happens in like, from between the ages of like 27 to 32, the Saturn returns period where you oh, just really? like those five years, I can, I know other people have had this experience. I can certainly speak to it myself, but like a lot of stuff happens between 27 and 32. And it's almost like a, a second puberty. And so That's I feel like there's that too, you know? I've always thought 27 was a big, big, big year for me. So I've never heard anyone else say that. It's a common thing. Yeah. I'm normal. Yeah, so it is. It's a mess. I fit in finally my people. Yeah. yeah, we all went crazy in our late in our late twenties. Yeah. So yeah, so he's right slap bang in the middle of his what did you say it was? A Saturn so, returning. Saturn well, return, yeah. So when they met, Gwyneth was twenty two and Brad was thirty one. Oh my god, thirty one. Even 31. worse. Oh, he's right near the end. Saturn's almost gone again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that really uh, is a big gap. Yeah, yeah, that is a big gap. If, if you consider that much of his Saturn returning having returned, and, and then she's if you, still, if you add on top of that his fame, where he was in his career, mm-hmm. and where she was, but then do you think there's an interesting thing to add into in terms of where she's come from? Because her upbringing still puts her on a different class level than him. She knows the Hollywood scene. She's not as phased by it as perhaps another 22 year old starlet might be. You know what I mean? They may have actually kind of evened out in that respect almost. That's a good point. That, yeah, she she grew up in proximity to all of this, living in all of this. There isn't that same starstruck quality that some ingenue on set would have mm. with, you know, sexiest man alive, Brad Pitt. Yeah. But then again, it is also still fucking Brad Pitt at 31. I mean, which was listen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, that's still a really good vintage, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so let's hear from the gal herself, because this is how she talks about how she felt around Brad at this time. She said, it would never, occur- I feel like I should be saying it like Gwyneth Paltrow. It would, never- <laughs> it would never occur to me to flirt with somebody, even if I had a crush on them. 
when Brad and I met, he said it was obvious that he liked me and that I was an idiot, but I had no idea. I thought he was just really friendly. I don't know if I buy that. I, I think <laughs> yeah. at 22, I thought everyone was flirting with me. <laughs> right? That's all I did. Yeah. And I feel like Blythe would have sat down Gwyneth at some point and said, okay, so listen, here's how <laughs> film sets are. You know, like, Blythe's been around, you know? Yeah. Bruce has been around, you know? Bruce has been around. She didn't go in blind, you know? Uh, then she, in the interview, at this moment, it just says, she laughs. So just like, <laughs> and then I started getting a crush on him. I'm like, are you insane? You can't get a crush on Brad Pitt. Get a hold of yourself. It's funny to think back into that mind now. Now it's so different. Is this when she's talking about while she's with him or is this so an interview she's from... with him. This right. is when okay. they were together. She's deep in, in with him. Okay. So they meet, meet on the set of Seven. They basically they get together almost immediately. And it's around this time, just after the film comes out, that Gwyneth goes from being sort of like a sort of known to the Hollywood it girl. I thought I would read some of this out because I think we as a culture have forgotten how cool Gwyneth Paltrow used to be. Ah, I like this. Let's go. Mm. Okay. This is, it was an article about her and this is somebody talking about her early 90s. She has this almost Holly Golightly thing. She used to say this one thing that would just kill me. She'd be in the middle of a conversation and then she'd say, I'm just a girl. It used to slay people. But then, I'm just a girl. God, it's easy to get a laugh in Hollywood circles, isn't it? Jesus. (laughs) Talk about an easy audience. Can we do some gigs there, Grania? (laughs) We just walk on stage and go, I'm just a girl. Ah, They're laughing it up. (laughs) I think it it helps if one of your fathers is a Hollywood producer, but optional. Totally optional. Was she talking to the crew trying to get a job with Bruce? (laughs) (laughs) So, Colin, who was Gwyneth Paltrow to you? in the 90s okay so i i feel like there was there there was like a progression of like a progression of my awakening to gwyneth like i definitely saw her in hook at some point but wasn't even aware of it i think she's in a very small role in hook oh yeah she plays the little person she plays yeah. wendy. young wendy. She plays yeah. wendy yeah and then i feel like there was a period of time when the movie emma came out where like that poster mm. was just ubiquitous it was everywhere in my life was just gwyneth paltrow with the bow and arrow you know and then like the the pull quote of four stars Siskel and Ebert on the cover on the poster next to her but i'll tell you you know and and this movie actually it was she made it while she was with brad but it came out like a year after they broke up and so i feel like it, it ended up being kind of a an interesting conclusion to poor Gwyneth in the 90s. But there was this movie called Hush that came out in 1998 with Jessica, yeah, Jessica Lange and Gwyneth Paltrow and Jonathan Shecky. I've never, I, oh, I always try to guy. avoid saying that name because I don't the know really how to. really good looking guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And it's just like a, you know, a gothic thriller about a mother-in-law from hell. And me in 1998 seeing that movie, seeing this, this sort of like, melodramatic cheesy women in peril like white collar women in peril drama yeah i it was just it was kind of like a a a whole a whole new awakening of like oh my gosh i don't know why i love this but i love this and she was at the heart of that you know i want to see more women like this in pain but looking beautiful while they're in pain yes and jessica lang just devouring the scenery you know 
Yeah. We've got to watch so, this film. <laughs> yeah. I can't say that it's good, but it's great, you know? <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. um, so I feel like that really, in the same way that, like, Gwen and Brad like became this kind of like representative of like Hollywood couples and Hollywood relationships from like the E news era, you know, of the, of the nineties, Gwyneth became one of my, like Gwyneth and Jessica Lang, let's be honest, became one of my, like, Ooh, uh, my awakenings to my, my actress sexuality. You know? Wow. So she's remained like a touchstone for you is Gwenny. She, yes. Yeah. And you know, I'll say like preparing for this episode and this conversation really made me realize like, Gwen's Gwen's really important to me, and I don't, I think I've never really accepted that, you know, <laughs> because we don't think she's cool anymore, you know. Yeah. Although oddly enough, it is bizarre that I didn't know this was happening, but just today I was looking at pictures of Gwyneth because I was looking, I was whatever long, but it doesn't matter. But I ended up looking at photos of Gwyneth a lot today, and I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I think I have to because one of my friends recently was like, oh god, bloody Gwen! I can't imagine anything more boring than Gwyneth. And I remember thinking, like, I think she'd actually be quite fun. I think I'm kind of turning away from the last 10 years of everyone hating Goop and Gwyneth and, you know, oh, she's so privileged and she's so out of touch and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Jen's more real because they always have to compare them, obviously, you know. Right. And I'm like, you know, I think Gwyneth is, I think she'd be a bit of a laugh. I think she'd be fun. I don't think, and yeah. I think she's now kind of in her 50s and like, I'm just kind of having a good time now, guys. I don't really give a shit. I'm kind of into her now. I think she's cool. I'm saying it. I think Gwyneth is cool again i'm so i second Part everything the 90s you're saying revival. yes i think as everything else is coming back in fashion so too should gwyneth paltrow appreciation yeah yes. just uh, what i love what what i love about gwyneth paltrow is i'm so sick of celebrities i was feeling that celebrities have to be really down to earth and yes. just like us and relate but like why can't she be ridiculous why Thank can't you. she be a ridiculous celeb like if 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 Celebrity Hollywood actors can't be ridiculous. What Who hope can? do we have? Exactly. <laughs> yes. What are we living for anymore then? Yeah. Well, you want Barbara what? Streisand to like make her own sandwiches? Are you insane? This is not going to happen. <laughs> you know, I want. I don't. I don't want to know that. You know. That Jessica Lange has touched a butter knife in 20 years. I don't want that to be a reality. <laughs> yeah, there's something kind of classic about that. And I know that the old studio system and the old Hollywood system was rife with issues. But like, there is something romantic for lack of a better word there about that idea of that like we see hollywood celebrities as a separate thing and like to your point it's like i couldn't agree more why do we expect gwyneth paltrow to be down to earth i agree with you i think she's moved on from some of that like you know i don't need anything that's ever had a shadow or whatever like she's <laughs> she's settled you know i don't know if she's still steaming her vagina and i don't care that does never bothered me yeah. you know go to town I think as soon as she brought out that candle that said, this, this smells like my vagina, mm -hmm. that was her winking, like, guys, I'm in on it. I'm in <laughs> on it, and I get it, and I'm going to keep doing it. And I was like, yep. yes, Gwyneth. She knows what she's doing, and she's loving it. Yeah, yeah. She's, like, leaning in because like, she's like, what are you going to do? Here's yeah. my Uno reverse card. What are you going to do? What are you, you know? going to do? I got a plus yeah. four. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So here's another uh, quote from an interview from this period that I just love because, again, I just think it really taps into a moment in time we've lost. So, again, this is people talk about Gwyneth. There are several young women who used to watch The Rushes with me, the director said. They would turn to me and say... When did Gwyneth learn to shoot a bow and arrow? And I'd say she just knew how to do it. <laughs> she just knew. She just knew. <laughs> that in the singing scene, they said, whose voice did you dub for Gwyneth? 
It's her own. She's a multi-hyphenate. Really? <laughs> Archer, singer, actor, candle maker. I... What can't I mean, she do? What can't she do? Yeah. You know, that's her four. That's her plus four. She's got that's all right. these. Yeah. <laughs> they said, okay, she's beautiful. She can do this accent. She's a good actress. She can sing and she can shoot a bow and arrow. And Brad Pitt's her boyfriend. Is there something wrong with her? <laughs> there isn't. No. There's no. nothing wrong with her. You can't. Sorry. I, and I was concerned coming in, I was like, am I going to be kind of a, an ashamed Gwyneth apologist here? Because I'm realizing that I really am a deep Gwyneth apologist. And this, this is also validating right now. I just need to tell <laughs> That's you. That's what we're here for. That's what yeah. we're here for. Maybe she is just better than us. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. It's okay to accept that sometimes. Yeah. Don't, don't let your jealousy overtake us, except she's better. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's just better. That's all right. She can I'm wear okay a white shirt all day and it'll still be white at the end of the day she'll like yeah. make brownies while wearing it and still look great <laughs> totally yeah yeah it's humbling in a way it keeps yeah. me human and grounded you know yeah and also means in a way you can kind of give up <laughs> like i'll never be that so i haven't got to try as hard anymore exactly now. it's just never gonna happen <laughs> yeah. so like <laughs> modify yeah <laughs> exactly modify and accept yeah <laughs> so this is peak brad and jen or Brad, this is oh, don't you dare oh bring goodness. her into this. This is peak Brad and Gwyneth, Brad and Gwen, Brad and Gwen. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Can I just say, I'm sure Brad made that slip of the tongue as well. Come on, oh, let's... oh god, can you imagine? He would have done definitely. Oh, well, geez. with the facial issue, he didn't know who yeah. he was talking <laughs> to. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, what I'd like you to do is, if you will, imagine we've got a telephone that also works as a time machine. And bring, bring, it's Brad and Gwen. It's late 90s. They're in town. They want to know if you're out for a night out together. What do you imagine date night with Brad and Gwyneth looking like? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I what I love about this is it means that I can go out in like somewhere in in downtown LA or, or a nice part of LA in like mm -hmm. 1997 and so I'm picturing we meet at a bar that has okay. a lot of open open doors you know like bar stool seating a lot of neon lighting uh, there's just so much neon and <laughs> I think they've ordered me a Cosmo so that when I get there it's already there this is very and, seven. yeah but and, Gwen hands it to me because Brad I, feels weird about holding yeah, it. Yeah, Brad <laughs> thinks it's really fancy. He's just like, oh, this Cosmo, Gwen. They seems don't have to these like... in Missouri. Well, he, he's ordering totally. a Bud Light or something. Totally, or like a totally. Miller, a Miller Light. Yeah, and and I'm trying to kind of hold it with both hands because I'm terrible with martini glasses, you know. Um, and so it's like I turn immediately into Catherine Hepburn when I'm holding a martini glass. And <laughs> or Diane so... Keaton. <laughs> Exactly. All I could do is grab for my turtleneck. And... I know. It's just a plate on a pencil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then I think that we would sit in a booth in the corner. Mm. And I feel like there would be an awkward moment where they would realize they had nothing in common with me. Because she's Gwyneth Paltrow and he's Brad Pitt and I'm Colin Trucker from New Jersey. You know? <laughs> 
And so we would all kind of sit in silence and drink our drinks. But yeah, if we get around the awkwardness of me sitting between the two of them, let's pretend. Yeah, now I'm you're too. You're, you're too Cosmos in. You're a bit drunk. Yeah. You're, just, you're joining bit... in. You're like, so Brad, talk to me. You're doing. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. It's so like, okay, now I'm comfortable. You're comfortable. Um, I've spilled half a Cosmo on myself. Uh... You know, I think that what I would see, what I would notice, and maybe this is because I read some of these interviews with Gwen, is that like it, it sounded like, and I can only. And I can empathize with this. There's no judgment. It sounds like she got into a relationship with him and, like, all her crazy came up, you know? And when I say crazy, I mean, like, all of your, like, I feel like there's certain insecurities or issues or baggage that we have that only gets activated when we're in a relationship. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my God, I don't have to deal. I never have this issue until I have a boyfriend. And then all of a sudden, it's like this raw nerve that I have to deal with. And I feel like from what I've read and what I'm going to infer in the situation is I'm going to be able to pick up on Gwen spinning out on like certain things that Brad says, or if he like is kind of staring off in the distance, maybe she has a moment of feeling like he's, you know, bored with her or she's not the star that he should be with. You know what I mean? And so I feel like I would be analyzing Gwen the whole time. And Brad would just be like in Brad's world. I also feel like, he, yes, yes, I don't. I do not think he is swayed by the wind quite so much. Yeah, I can totally see that. I can see him very much being kind of stoic on one side of the booth, just kind of looking around, almost like you two were talking, you and Gwyneth, and she'll be like, "So, Brad, don't you know that thing? Tell Colin about that time we did the thing," and he'll be like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I did that. It was uh, it was fun." And then his yeah. head will kind of dot, bob back over to where he was looking. He'll just stare off again, kind of like a distant father at Christmas, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. And he'll just, yeah. and he'll just, and he's all very nice and polite, but he's not really involved. And that's why, and then that breeds out Gwen's insecurities about, am I, he's not, doesn't find me interesting enough. And oh my God, that's right. very true. Right. Yeah, I can see all that. And, that. and that shows their age difference as well. And the power dynamics shifting all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like all of that would be evident. Yeah. So well, here... but the hair would look amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, let it be known. Obviously. Yeah. Well, this is how Gwyneth describes their dating style in an interview from this period: we hang out alone, read papers, have coffee, watch unsolved mysteries, or have friends over for dinner and laugh and play Pictionary. Okay, so she's in her. I'm still trying to seem grounded and down to earth phase. She hasn't, yeah, yeah, she exactly. hasn't learned to lean into her out of touchness yet. No, the <laughs> candle has mysteries. not started. Unsolved yeah. mysteries and Pictionary. That's what I was doing in '98. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, right. So, so she, that means no, no neon bars, no yeah. cosmos. Like, this is not the 1990s that I want to remember. No, yeah. I'm not buying it, Gwynny. <laughs> no, exactly. Pictionary. Shut up. Shut yeah. up. No, you won't. (laughs) Well, so it's during this, this is like their peak period. In 1996, Brad wins a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor for 12 Monkeys. And in his speech, he said he'd like to thank especially the love, oh my life, my angel, Gwyneth Paltrow. Wow. Man, he learned his lesson there, didn't he? He never said shit like that again. Yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) let me not... Not sign checks that my my ass <laughs> cannot cash. Yeah, right. I think I remember that because it was so him saying love. Oh my life! And I was like, oh, Brad. You know, I watched a part of that acceptance speech, or it was maybe it was in one of these videos about their relationship, and I meant to watch the whole acceptance speech because it sounded like he had an accent in the speech, and I was like, is he like preparing to do the Devil's Own? So he's oh, getting into character. Like, God. what is this? You know? I've never seen the Devil's Own. Have you seen it, Grania? It just, I just remember growing up 
following the turmoil that was Brad Pitt's accent in that Cause film. Because he's, he's yes. doing you, isn't he? He's doing Irish. He is basically what the Brits did to Ireland with the famine. He did to us with that accent. Yeah. It was the troubles with the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> it was a choice. It was up him and Tom Cruise in oh, um, Far and Away, yeah. Far and Away. Uh-huh. Just that you just feel like, oh, what did we do to both right. of you? Yeah. Have we not been through enough? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting yeah. that he was doing the accent on stage during the speech. Yikes. Them's big words. Love, oh my life, Brad. Don't say, unless you're married, don't and even if you are married, if you're in Hollywood, just don't say that on stage. <laughs> don't bring it up. Yeah. Well, so it is a so this happens in 96. Also, in 96, on the set of Seven Years in Tibet, they become engaged. Of course. Engaged. Underrated film, Seven Years in Tibet. So they yeah. get engaged. They fly back in a private jet to his family in Missouri to celebrate. They go to a Red Lobster. Oh, she's really trying hard here, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, a if... Red lo- if what, was she... Sizzler booked up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Was the steak and ale busy? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, if she had at least half of one Cheddar Bay biscuit, I'll forgive the rest. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> don't waste the trip. That's really the, I, the only reason, I think, to go to a Red Lobster is to just, like, shove all Cheddar Bay biscuits into your pocketbook and leave. <laughs> Pro tip from an American. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I wonder if she was really trying to push this at home, playing Pictionary, Unsolved Mysteries, Red Lobster because of Brad, his whole Missouri thing. And she yeah. needed to get with a Hollywood guy to kind of let her come into her full, I'm going to make candles that smell like my vagina self. Yeah. 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 It was her publicist like telling yeah. her this was a good idea yep. or was this like, Gwen, this is not on brand, you know? Yeah. So she also, from this period, was spotted on set drinking from a mug with his face on it. Oh, wow. She is putting a lot of work in here. The very loved up a hairdresser um, was go. interviewed and he said they were <laughs> so much... hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> I need to meet this hairdresser. Yeah. <laughs> They were so much in love the day they were here. He was holding her hand the whole time. They were looking at her engagement ring. Oh, wow. I picture that hairdresser giving an interview while cutting someone's hair, <laughs> looking in the mirror like with like three pins in his mouth. Oh, honey, they were talking all day. He wouldn't stop. He was looking at a ring the whole time. You won't believe it. And then spraying the person. You're done, sweetheart. Anyway, right. do you anything more? <laughs> I just really want to meet this hairdresser. <laughs> yeah. It's such like a like a character in like a Christopher Guest movie, you know. Like I just, yeah. I, I just picture that like that on the spot interview, yeah, yeah. But well, that's so, amazing. So they're so they're really performing their romance everywhere they go. In love, and it's around this time that one of the most iconic images from their relationship premieres because at the premiere of A Devil's Own, which was when he, you know, betrayed the nation of Ireland, <laughs> <laughs> they. Showed on up on the red carpet with her coordinating haircuts. Weren't they both in like black leather jackets as well, like mock turtlenecks, matching outfits? Apparently, afterwards, Gwyneth said of this, "We went to the same stylist for the cut, and then he did both of our hairs together." Wow. Uh, I mean, maybe this is the root cause of Brad's facial blindness. When you look at Gwyneth, and you're like. 
I don't even that, – that's actually an existential crisis. You're like, are you me? Am I you? Whose face is on your mug? I mean, I I could really see there's – this may have been the real problem, you know? Like, this is where it all started. <laughs> Yes, Brad Pitt now like scared of mirrors because he keeps seeing yeah, his ex-girlfriend exactly. in them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says her name three times and there she is. Right. <laughs> I can't believe they did it on like they actually meant they actually said admitted we went to the same we, so they we, we did this on purpose deliberately to look the same. Yeah. Because I presume that's she got that haircut. I thought she got it for sliding doors for the big reveal in sliding doors. Yeah, but what he wasn't in sliding yeah. doors. So he just thought I'll just do that then. That's like the version of instead of getting like a t- it's like a shitty version of getting a matching tattoo because right. like in a month it's okay you can throw it out. <laughs> What do you think? Because this is very much towards the end of their time together. Was it? So it was. So what wow. What do you think, Colin, what was going through their head, if you pardon the pun, mm. that they would, you know, things are obviously bad. Things aren't working out and they they get a matching haircut. What? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it's that, it's that like, and I, I've, I've done variations of this where it's like that last desperate grasp of like, well, what if we do this, you know, or like, what if we, you know, whatever it may, I mean, some people go to real extremes of like, you know what, we should have a baby, you know, yeah. but I feel like, I feel like it's their version of like, no, we really are compatible. Look, look. And, and whether, I don't know who drove that decision. I feel like in this, in, in my armchair, you know, analyzing of Gwyneth, I feel like it's a Gwyneth move to kind of. You know, here, if we look the same, then maybe that'll mean you see me as an equal or whatever. Yeah. But it feels like one of those things that's just like an 11th hour kind of uh, last ditch effort. Like a make or break haircut. Yeah, right. Like it all rests on these bangs, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of weight, you know? It often does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. A lot of things rest on a pair of bangs. Yeah. <laughs> well, so they were spotted in London together making a fast glum exit into a white mercedes limousine from a london night spot something was wrong the photographer said paltrow was later spotted in the car being consoled by brad oh no then it is announced the engagement is over they have split oh so what what year did they split up in 98 97 97. Oh, goodness. So yeah. three brief but jam-packed years of love. Yeah. Yeah. And like a busy time in her career. I feel like she was in so many movies. She was in like four movies in like 97. I feel like she was in, do you remember the movie Great Expectations? With yeah, Ethan I was Hawk? just going to say the great, but I always remember that yep. scene where she he's at the water fountain and she licks his mouth at the water fountain. Uh-huh. Do you remember yeah. that? I always remember that iconic. And she wore lots of green in it as well. She wears green the whole film. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like she was so in kind of the ether, the ether anyway, uh, at the time. And so like for her to be so in the in the limelight and for Brad to be obviously a part of her life at that time, it almost makes it feel like that relationship was longer than it really was, you know? Totally. So we've come to the, the question that this podcast is built around. <laughs> in the great love affair between Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow, why did it not work? You know, they had so, you know, they were the Hollywood's golden couple. They even looked alike. Why Why do you think they split? I think there's a lot of things that we've probably identified from, like, her being, like, daughter of uh, Bruce and Blythe and uh, him being, you know, uh, you know, 
the, the Missouri kid, I feel like that may have been part of it, but I feel like a bigger part of it is like, she was 22 and he was the tail end of his Saturn returns. And mm. like, it just, you know, it, it, it's as if they were like an Aquarius and a Scorpio, it's just not going to work out. See that yeah. I can speak to that doesn't work <laughs> out. Yeah, <laughs> Keep that in mind, everyone. Yeah. Now that I know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think Blythe made of them? Mm. Cause they're like establishment. Like, do you think they were like, Oh, he seems fun. Who's this new kid? That's a good question because I feel like he also must have – like I wonder if she was like, oh, he reminds me of a young Robert Redford. You know, like somebody that she would have worked with in the past. Like, oh, I know what this kind of Hollywood actor is like. So I wonder if she saw any of that in Brad, you know. I imagine her always walking around with a martini glass or a gin and tonic in the daytime and just finding the whole thing a bit lovely and like, oh, this will be a, f- this is a great first boyfriend, Gwyneth. Oh, this is a great first engagement. Well done. Just kind of like <laughs> seeing the future and knowing this ain't it, but have fun while you're there and he's a mm-hmm. big old star. So why the hell not go? And just always the ice clinking in the glass as she walks around the house going, right. okay, Gwyneth, you're getting, you're, you're getting, you're getting married. All right, honey. I'll, yeah, I'll be there. I'll got the hat. And just kind of yeah. knowing, you know, the way that moms, especially a Hollywood mom, I was like, oh, all right, yeah, you're 24. We'll see what happens yeah. here. That kind of vibe. Yeah. She's got a, the, the cable knit cardigan kind of over her shoulders going yeah. up the stairs with the glass. All right, Gwen, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah, very but much. But she knows. Yeah. yeah. She knows. <laughs> she like rings Stockard Channing and says, Stockard, buy a hat. <laughs> he got her a ring. Oh, like five carrots, nothing. He's from Missouri. He doesn't know. <laughs> Just them talking. Yeah. I think he got it on layaway. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> So this is what Gwyneth said about their relationship. She said, I mean, I was 22 when we met and it's taken me until 40 to get my head out of my ass. You can't make a decision when you're 22. I think I was a kid and I wasn't ready and he was too good for me. Gosh, she still thinks that. Mm, Mind you, that was at 40. I'd like to hear what 50-something Gwen thinks, to be honest. Yeah. And then she said, I'm so lucky that I spent that time with Brad, somebody who was such a good person, especially when I was like such a mess. That's so- not, he just seems sweet. He, he hadn't, she, she doesn't have anything negative. She, she hasn't done the whole Jennifer, he has no sensitivity vibe yet. So mm-hmm. I guess he was still a nice guy then. She said, my kind of internal stuff really tripped up that whole relationship. And I felt really responsible. And also like I was the architect of my own misery. I just made a big mess out of it. I mean, how old was she when they broke up? So they, she was 22 when they got together and they so were she together th- for three years. So 25. Isn't 25 when she won the Oscar in the pink dress? I thought she, no, she, maybe she, I thought she was 25 when she, maybe she was 26. It was nearby. It was like a year that, or so after. Yeah. Yeah. Because 97, 98 is around when, whatchamacallit, Shakespeare in Love came out. Mm-hmm. So it'd been around. And she, I, I remember her talking about that whole Oscar thing with the crying, how that was just... There's this, at the time, everyone made fun of her, but thinking back, it was like, God, this poor girl. There was a lot. She was 25, is so young, and there's mm-hmm. so much going on. And now, if you factor that she also just broke up with Brad Pitt maybe the year before, like, if all the breakups, you just broke up with Brad fucking Pitt <laughs> when you're yeah. 25. Like, I can imagine her looking back at that time in her 40s and 50s and being like, oh, my God, what a mess I was, Jesus, and so publicly. And it was also right. during her Ben Affleck years as well. Mm-hmm. So, Which reminds mm-hmm. me, we have had her on the podcast, and the Ben and Jen. 
So th- going at, having Ben Affleck texting you at any period <laughs> of your life is going to mess with your head a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. And he, like, I, I guess it was, like, 97 when they did Good Will Hunting. So he was, like, yeah. a, su- a sudden huge star who's obviously also very good looking. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I also think this is an interesting counter to the way we would have all seen it back then. If, like, oh, what a fabulous, glamorous life you had. What do you mean it was a mess? But, like, yeah knowing how fabricated that all is like i could actually believe like oh i bet it was a total mess and totally not even and you know i I know this this brings down the party but like there is like a weinstein thread Mm. throughout all this as well that certainly sours things you know of like yeah and there was that guy loafing around you know yeah well so just to speak to that while they were together gwyneth said that she had an experience with weinstein that made her feel really uncomfortable we had incident in a hotel room he tried to make a pass at me it was just when she was working on emma and she was with brad at the time she told brad about it so then he went up to harvey at the opening of hamlet on broadway and said if you ever make her feel uncomfortable again i'll kill you and she said it was fantastic he leveraged his fame and power to protect me at a time when i didn't have any fame or power yet oh that's sweet good well mm. done brad that's what she that's the missouri coming out yep yeah that's right the missouri like, farm boy don't fuck with me yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i've had to be yeah. an actual fight as a kid <laughs> yeah right i love that that does kind of show up and like it is and it's a really interesting kind of like especially everything we know about that now it's like mm. in a way there was a way in which that was the most someone could do to someone like weinstein at the time you know so like it is like now we feel like people take so much more action but like in 1996 or whatever like that was a significant action to take against someone like harvey weinstein yeah, yeah that was interesting yeah, yeah yeah well so now we come to the second big well second of three big questions second of three yeah of our podcast we know that life exists in the gray area and that everything is on the gradient Except splits, because everybody knows <laughs> whenever a couple breaks up, there is a winner, there is a loser. So, in the great split between Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt, who thrived and who do you think simply survived? Who do you think won the breakup? Uh, I mean, I think... I think long term is is, you know, things evened out in a certain way, but I feel like... It feels like Gwen just about survived the breakup and Brad completely thrived. Uh, I mean, sort of. No, you know, in in the short term, Brad thrived and she survived. In the long term, Gwen is the thrive. Gwen has goop. And she's got the stable marriage. She's she's got the like, you know, to the, another the, Brad, <laughs> to another Brad. Right. Like, I feel like she she has found like so much more of a stasis where i feel like brad pitt it's like you know didn't work out with jen didn't work out with angelina mm. then angelina you know now there's accusations of shit that happened in their marriage and yeah. it's just like and meanwhile like what's the drama from gwen nothing i got this candle it's true you know yeah there's no so, scandal yeah no no scandal just candle yeah That's so <laughs> I... <laughs> we should all aspire to that right right <laughs> <the> yeah <laughs> So yeah, that even, would her be divor- even her divorce, that she rebranded divorce. What other Hollywood couple can say that? Do you know what I mean? Right. She's de- 100%. So we've, we've come to our, our final question. There is, a, <laughs> there is a certain lady out there who was the patron saint of our podcast. And even though she is momentarily 
off the market. We don't see that lasting for long. So this question remains. We ask all our guests this. Put your thinking cap on. Can you think of someone to match up with her? Gender is not an issue. We believe if they are with someone else, they will step aside for her. So can you think of someone to be with? The one, the only, Cher. Wow. I, I think, you know, we learned a valuable lesson this week from Brad and Gwen about people who have different levels of stardom and mm-hmm. like, you know, coming from different backgrounds and like, should people be relatable? And like, it's probably good for like mega stars to be with mega stars because like they'll understand each other. And so I like my, the immediate, the first face that jumped into my head and I think is the only answer is Liza Minnelli. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta gotta be be. no one else gets it but liza you know (laughs) just for the tour tickets alone yeah yeah i mean you want to talk about a power couple i don't know a better power couple yeah (laughs) those two voices together as well oh there's that too there's just snap out of it oh share (laughs) yeah Gosh. I mean, this would be heaven. So that's I. I just for the SNL sketches, completely. <laughs> I'm, yeah, like the the dividends on this relationship. So that's oh. and I and I want it for both of them. I want mm-hmm. only all the best for both of them. You know, I want it for them and for Bob Mackie. They all deserve it. Oh, oh. my goodness, yeah. Like this is just this is just a, a this is trickle down joy. You know, oh, like perfect. Oh, great one! Thank you for that. Thank oh, you. Th- Colin, thank you so much for being such an iconic guest and being oh, on such an incredible. This has couple. been beyond a pleasure. I can't thank oh, you enough. I can't thank you this enough myself. This was so much fun. It was such an honor. I uh, and I and I feel so validated about my Gwyneth love. Thank you. I'm I so much less alone did. in the world. Yeah. 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 And I, I know we mentioned it before earlier on, but please do remind our listeners where they can find more of you. Yes. Yeah, so uh, podcast wise, you can find me on All Right Mary, which is a lot of drag race and drag related reviews and recaps. Uh, you can find me on Best Supporting Podcast, where there's a lot of talk of best supporting actresses. I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow, I feel like she came up on the podcast when we talked about Judy Dench and Shakespeare in Love. So there's a, a Gwenny connection. It's a through line. Um, yeah, there's a through line. Um, and then there's my my other solo podcast in the details where I just like queen out on a movie or an acting choice or a scene. Um, and I know I've been a little dormant on that one, but like in true Aquarian form, they will. I promise. They will. I'm no well, Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to say hello, hello, hello to that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, can I very, very quickly ask you a quick question? Of course. I don't know if you've mentioned this before on All Right, Mary, but... When RuPaul comes into the workroom and says, hello, 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 he's doing Valerie, right? Yes, he's a big comeback Because I've always said that and no one believes me, but it is him doing Valerie. It is. And and he actually confirms it. And I think it was in season 10 when she showed up just for like the mini challenge. She shows up to the workroom for like five minutes. Mm -hmm. And he says like, when I say hello, 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 it's a reference to her character, Valerie Cherish. So it is confirmed. Snopes true. Yeah. It's confirmed. Okay, Cannon. we've yes. got that. That's, that. that's the other thing we're here for, to confirm RuPaul rumors. That's so Yes, boring. anytime. <laughs> and if any of those comes up, you just let me know. I'm happy to help. Thank you so much for joining us, Colin. And thank you all listeners. Please do go listen to all those podcasts. They are incredible. I cannot recommend them enough. This has been a very big moment for Colin. It's been a now. very no special idea. episode. It has been a very special episode. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they, they were. were.